Hello, everybody. My name is Lenore Swiston, and I'm the host of Civically Speaking on CFCR.ca, as I like to say. If you're going to go on the web, that's what you see. This is Saskatoon's community radio station. We're in our annual F Emphasis campaign, so if you have not donated, please do so. And in the name of Civically Speaking would be awesome, because then I get bragging rights uh, if, we, uh, if we get enough funds that have been recruited in. And truthfully, that is what runs our shop. Um, so it is on the... On the uh, on the fronts and the mouths and the backs and the ears, mostly of the listening audience of CFCR that helps for shows like this to be aired. So uh, any contribution that you can make to CFCR, and it's just simple as going to the website or calling them, uh, which you can just get any which way. I can't remember the number. Oh my goodness, that's terrible. But you can look it up for me because if you've already come this far, you will make a donation. So Ari, you're making a donation, right? Not only am I making a donation, Lenore, I'm going to sweeten your pot just a little bit. A little mm -hmm. shameless self-promotion here. Many of you may or may not know that I run an amateur comedy show called The Comedy Pit. Oh, for And it. so if somebody donates uh, and mentions this show, I'll throw a pair of tickets their way. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. That's a and, great thing. And that's I'm awesome. going to throw it out there one more time. I'm not going to say which host of the show said she wanted to try stand-up. I'm not going to ever remind of which host that one is, but Carrie, you're not a she, so that kind of gives it away. That's exactly right. So, I, and I do, I do want to jump on this stage with Ari sometime because I think we could have a lot of fun. Carrie, if you came on, we could do a three way in a really fun way. So, there, there it is. So, Carrie, have you made your donation yet? Yeah, my wife's doing it actually. I always leave it to her because oh, yeah, uh, sure. these are complicated <laughs> things. Well, that's good. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on Civically Speaking with me today. I've got Carrie Tarasoff and Aria Vivi, and we are here to speak about any darn thing we want to. This is an open show, so consider this the open kind of show. I know we want to talk about some civic issues, like at the municipal level. We've got COVID stuff that's confusing as heck right now. Highest number of hospitalizations today. I've been tweeting out pretty much daily the numbers and the reports from various other media outlets and given a couple of cents in there. If you haven't been vaccinated, please bloody well do it. Um, you're only helping yourselves and everybody else um, and take good precautions. But I'm going to just throw that out as two topics. So Ari, I know you were starting to get hot before the show started. So why don't you lead us off? Oh, there's so many things lately that have gotten under my skin. Um, so full transparency. I was COVID positive. I had COVID. My wife had COVID. My mother-in-law, my sisters-in-law, we've all had it. We've all been down with it at various levels of severity. Nobody been hospitalized. But that being said, we both got it. We all have our vaccinations. What makes us all crazy is that the rules don't make sense. They've kind of, I call it the Disneyfication of COVID. All right. They've given it its own little anthropomorphic personality. Like somehow it knows the difference between where it can go and where it can't. Let me give you an example. If I go into a brick and mortar store that sells cooking equipment, I have on October 1st, I will have to show my passport, my vaccine passport. Right beside that cooking appliance store is a neat little niche market that sells food. I don't have to show my vaccination to go in there because it's an essential service. How the heck does COVID know? Please tell me how COVID looks at the material on the shelf and goes, oh, it's a spatula. I, I can go in there. Oh, it's vegetables. I better stay away. Like either make it consistent. And I'm not advocating for a lockdown. God, no. 
But I'm going to say, if you're going to leave your house and go into a building and the rules say vaccination passports, then it's vaccination passports for everybody everywhere. That's, that's, you make some very good points there. All right. So I appreciate that because it is kind of confusing, as you've said, you know, you can go in one door for a wedding and not wear a mask and have to go through the same door and have to wear a mask because you have to wear a mask to be at that event. And at some times you might even be going through the same door for the same event, but on different floors, such as TCU place. So it does get confusing really quickly. Um, so Carrie, your thoughts weighing in on this? Well, it's like uh, between the hours of two and five on Wednesdays, we're going to do this and we're going to do something different on Thursday. And consistency has got to be the name of the game here. Pick, pick a middle of the road, but be consistent because it's not going to be evenly applied. There's no way. And we need people to lead by example. And I'm talking about the mayor. I'm talking about council. I'm talking about fire chief, police chief, if, if you're going to walk the walk and you're going to start talking the same thing, you better be living it. Even if you don't exactly 100% agree with it all, if you're going to tell the general population to do something, you better be doing it. And you better be drinking all that Kool-Aid, not just choosing when you want to. And that is a problem that we've had for months now where politicians don't back up what they're saying during the weekdays with how they're acting on the weekends. And that sends a confusing signal to everybody. We need to see uniformity and how people follow through with, with what they're doing. And, and because they're, they're swinging and we're going we're gonna to tighten up things here, but this is still pretty lax. Cal, Alberta's got real big problems, but we're going to have a hockey game because everybody just got tested or everybody's got a, a proof of vaccine. And there's inconsistencies in some of the science about what's being talked about. Can people that have had both shots carry COVID? Yes, they can. Uh, are they as likely to have it? It sounds like not. I think that's feasible now, but it's still possible for people that have had the shots to have it. Reba McIntyre and her boyfriend both had both shots and they both became very sick and did a video about it just so people would know. So if we're not consistent in an easy to follow formula, we are not going to get anywhere. People so, are going to be frustrated and they're just going to say, you don't know what the hell you're doing. All right. Well, so let me throw this out at you. So news break. Here we go. City Council met today and they did adopt a new COVID-19 framework. So let me read from you. And this is courtesy of um, Jillian Smith with the Star Phoenix. I'm just gonna go, 48 minutes ago, this was released. The city of Saskatoon is sitting at code orange, COVID-19 risk level, the second highest level in the city's new framework. You guys okay, I'm gonna read this. The framework is color-coded, green for the lowest risk, then yellow, then orange, and finally red. Each color represents a higher risk of virus transmission and triggers corresponding mitigating measures. They approved the framework today at the regular business meeting. Quote from the mayor, we are in a dire situation right now with the healthcare system and now it's gone beyond impacting people just with COVID, but to anyone who needs healthcare. I want to know that we're doing everything we can as a city to turn around the curve around. The city is using four main indicators, vaccination rates, the seven-day average of weekly reported cases for every 100,000 persons, the seven-day average test positivity rate, and the effective reproduction rate. 
The effective reproduction rate shows the rate at which other people are becoming infected from a primary case. For example, 1.1 for every 100 people, another 110 are being infected. As of September 22nd, Saskatoon's vaccination rate is in the orange. The seven-day average reported uh, and seven, they were both in the red. The effective reproduction rate was in the green. The administration says that when these factors and a variety of different levels, it takes account the previous risk. As of 27th, we're at orange. So the mitigating measures, I'm not sure what happens. I'd have to keep reading through this, but point being is that physical distancing is put in place at city operated facilities under code orange. There will be an alternate start times for essential staff and virtual meetings will be required. There you go. So that's what happens there. In code yellow, masks are required in city operating facilities. Staff who can work from home will do so. Rapid testing becomes mandatory. Masks are mandatory and meetings are to occur virtually where positive. When it's green, you're safe to be around. So apparently it's red, kind of everything stops. So there you go. We've got a new code situation with the city that's out there. The challenge with this is that we've got a lot of different information being thrown at us from a lot of different ways. But if this applies to the city's facilities and this is what they're using, well, now we know what they're using. So I'll say that. Good. Now we know what they're using and what the rationale is for using it. And they've got four indicators that they're using. So now we know. Well, Lenore, I don't have access to that article, but I was actually listening to council yeah. when they were talking about it. Yeah. Um, it's to be reviewed monthly at the council meeting yeah unless an extreme situation appears itself so what that basically means is that it'll be a, it's say that we have an outbreak today they won't change the level until a month from now unless they figure that it's an extreme change so by that time we've cycled through how many iterations of 14-day isolation. And I'm not sure if that's how it's going to work or not, but you know what, guys? I got a little plug here. Next week, I've got a panel on on the whole COVID thing. We're having um, the um, president of St. Paul's Hospital is coming on. Uh, we've got Dr. Uh, Masri coming back and Dr. Kendall is coming back. Um, and Pamela um, Goldensmith is coming from the city. So I'll be really curious to see kind of what each of their perspectives bring because you know we have Don oh, and Nazim uh, Majorin is coming from epidemiology. So they all bring various different perspectives. So it'll be interesting to see kind of the thoughts are because next week will be kind of interesting because vaccinations have gone up um, in, in, in um, Saskatchewan. But as we know, I don't think we've had any changes in protocols at the provincial level. So Carrie, to you and then back to you, Ari, after, Ari, after that. So this status is now orange and we're supposed to be socially separated and wearing masks in city facilities. Okay. So a week ago they had, I believe, a lot of talk about hockey players that it's unfortunate they shouldn't have to wear masks and because it affects the being able to play. And it would be really confusing if you're from out of town and you had to come to town and wear a mask or so what's going to happen with that? There, there's an indication of you're going to socially separate a hockey team so that they don't come within six feet of each other and they're all going to wear masks again. Councillor Davies isn't going to like that. So, I mean, uh, there wasn't a lot of science behind what he was doing before other than the well-being, the mental well-being of the kids, for sure. But from a safety transmission standpoint, he didn't have a lot to stand on, but he was pushing forward that, that kids shouldn't be wearing masks when they're playing hockey. And then I guess you could carry to basketball and you could carry to other sports, right? So 
you could carry to very large concerts in regards to uh, reconciliation and remembrance. But again, now COVID knows that that's too important to infect. Yeah. I'm coming back to the whole disinfication of it. And besides which, even if we do have a change, they won't revisit it till the next council meeting, which is in October. Uh, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I just, I got to speak up. We don't know that. Like That's, I, I mean, that's we, what it sounded like when they were talking. That's what it sounded know. like, but we don't know that. Okay, so I, so, I got to be clear on this show. Like these are yep. your opinions, but that is not yep. my opinion or that of the show, because it's really important, right? Because we're all bantering here. What what I'm hearing though in this is we all hear different things depending on where we're where, where we're getting our information from and information's coming from all over the damn place and it's hard to weed it out. And what you just said about this event versus that event versus the implications to kids, the implications to family, can you social gather? Honest to God, it is really damned well confusing. I get that. Can I go to that restaurant? Do I need to show some sort of proof? I don't even know if I need to show proof. This one I don't, this one I do. I can't get in this one. This guy's giving me a dirty look or gal or otherwise. I mean, it's just, it is really confusing and it's, it, I find it really tough. You know, for the for the average Joe, never mind somebody that doesn't have a phone, that doesn't have access to somebody who may have access to information, or somebody who's just who already is having challenges and anxiety and otherwise. It's like holy crap, it's messy out there, and we're going eighteen months with this. So, guys, where do we end up? I want to take you there for just a second. Where do you think we end up? I mean, Saskatchewan and Alberta. Let's be frank, have not been doing good at this. Okay, so where do we end up come Christmas? We still having this conversation at the end of the year with Christmas and other year-end holidays and all of that that'll be celebrated by various cultures. Where are we going to be? I have right. no idea. Well, that's um, the interesting thing, and that's right? be because we're we're so inconsistent, right? So it's you look at they've been talking about um, well, there was projections and there was modelings and. And if you go back to the beginning of COVID, the modelings were 500,000 people dead. Like it was like half the population of the province could potentially, you know, be affected. And those numbers aren't even close because one small variable changes and one thing happens here. Um, we may end up next week with some pharmaceutical company that has the magic antidote. Boom, we're done. Okay, we've, we've cured COVID and cancer is knocked in half. So we're good. You know, like we don't know what kind of innovation is going to happen. So I'm not going to waste a whiff of energy going, well, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. But I think that, but you are making one point though. So then we got to go into what we know, what we know, what we know. We know masks helps to an extent. We know vaccinations is your best cure, you know, in terms of at least something, you know, and we know keeping your distance keeps apart spread to some degree. So we do have some knowings. So it's interesting that we still have, you know, a high number of cases. So it does speak to how this gets spread and whom is doing the spreading and who's catching it, you know, and most of it, as we all know, is from people that are not vaccinated. And I think if there's a key message in here is like, get vaccinated. And if you're not, then stay your distance and keep out of other people's way so that we can move together and learn to live together as society again. And that's my, that's my vent. <laughs> Carrie. So my take is though, that especially with Delta, that it's starting to hit a younger demographic. It is, it has. So <laughs> we can't protect it the way that we have the older demographic of people. Okay. And that should be concerning yeah. uh, to be watching that. 
for the city council thing for waiting for every four weeks for a response, that's, uh, I mean, they just pick a timeline. If something urgent happens in the meantime, I would sure hope that it kicks it back sooner. It's just a matter of a standard re reporting date. But, but you know, by Christmas, uh, I would think that we're still going to have something to deal with, uh, unless somehow through nature this dissipates and it just fades away for some unknown reason and it just stops. But with us going indoors, with us changing our heating systems now to indoor air instead of being outside as much, um, we're going to not see a drop in cases. I suspect we're going to see a rise. The colder it gets, probably we'll see higher spikes. So what we need to do is keep unvaccinated people at ICUs. And the best way to do that is vaccinated. Yeah, um, totally agree. There was an interesting opinion piece that I read a few weeks ago that talked about um, <clears throat> one of the biggest threats that is making COVID rise is the sedentary nature of the cure. Right. The body hasn't had a chance. People are out. They're moving. They're exercising. They're even just walking, going to the mall, doing all those kind of things. It takes you out and doing things that you're at work. You run down the street to get your coffee at the coffee shop. All of those kind of little bits of you know micro activities keep the body pumping and going. And when you're sitting in your own environment, you're never being assaulted by all these different things. You never have a chance to build up any kind of sort of the natural body defense. So we are basically sitting ducks for the small things. Whereas in a normal, even normal cold and flu season, you're out there, you're interacting, it's happening. Hand washing is still important. Masking will probably always now be part of cold and flu season. But what we don't have is a complete sort of vacuum from all that interaction. And I honestly believe that that's one of the reasons why we're seeing a spike in that younger generation, right? They missed an entire season of ball the entire season of recreational volleyball, beach, you know, like all those kind of things where they would go out and do those types of things, camping out at the lake, all that, that big stuff that, that 20 year olds are invulnerable in doing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to presume the science to that level, but what I will just say is this is if you're not vaccinated, your odds of getting this are a hell of a lot higher with a Delta variant and anything about it. And also, and they also think this viruses are smart and they're always going to find the most vulnerable. So if you don't have it, they're going to try to find you. <laughs> so, you know, I think that that goes beyond political borders, geographical borders, age borders, gender borders, and whatever else borders you want to put on it. I want to go here though, guys, because we only have like nine minutes left, if you can believe it, nine minutes to speak about the rest of council. So we know there was a few other things that we have been tracking as a panel. Okay. One of them has been speed. Okay. So I had Carrie had brought out an image of a flashlight that looked awfully close to a radar gun. So um, Carrie, so speak to that, because we know that today council had the issue that had been talked about for the last few months. We started talking about it last spring when they kind of was first brought up again about slowing the city down to kind of a, a broad scope, kind of 40 or 50 kilometers an hour and keeping it somewhere in that 40 kilometer range. That was kiboshed by a standing committee. Now it's gone to city council. Councillor Curtin, who I've had on this show, has spoken to the fact that he said, I wasn't going to support now that 40 kilometers. I at one point thought, and then thought that doesn't make sense because of the costs and everything else involved in that. So what if we got to another way of dealing with this and put citizens and put guns in the hands of them and not physical guns, I'm talking radar guns, <laughs> scanners so that went ahead and, and caught the speeders. So thoughts on this guys because it looks like it passed to try a pilot 
So they talked, uh, apparently, I know there's jurisdictions in BC that do this, yep. that they have the patrols. Um, they're worried about the safety. That was another thing that they talked about, apparently, council, about the safety of people that are doing this within your community. And it's a multi-team type of thing. They sit in lawn chairs on the side, fluorescent vests, and they've got a radar gun and a clipboard. And basically, they clip, click by and maybe a video camera now with a cell camera, everything that goes by. So the problem is, with a little bit of that, is animosity with your neighbors. And maybe some neighbors get away with it because they don't, well, that's Joe, I, I don't shoot him and when he goes by, but, you know, because he's my friend. You know, there's got to be a uniform application of this. But someone wrote to me about something that I haven't seen here, but apparently he's done in other jurisdictions around school zones. And they take out a one-inch diameter rope and they have anchors at each side at the curb. And when the schools are open, they pull the rope across. Trust me, people don't speed through that. They, they slow down because you hit that one-inch rope. Uh, you, you'll remember the next time that you're gone too fast because it hits pretty hard. And so it slows people down immediately. Now, we're talking residential areas, but we're also talking about people speeding in school zones and where they're not supposed to be speeding at all anyway, not even going 50 kilometers an hour. So I don't know. I mean, uh, they, apparently there's a budget being approved or looked at for this project. It might have a solution. I don't know. Well, thank right. God they didn't buy the signs because the cost <laughs> that they were bouncing around was $500,000 yeah. just to change the signs over. Now, Carrie, I don't, I don't share your concern about the two old guys sitting in the lawn chair at the corner because they could just do neighborhood swaps. Okay, like I'll yeah. come sit in your neighborhood, yeah. you come sit in mine. And I just happened to look up online. I won't name the online retailer, but I can get I can get us a pair of guns for 111 bucks and three day shipping. So if you want to hang, you and I want to go hang out, let's just pick an arterial arterial road and a lemonade stand so that when they stop, you know, it's a, a revenue generator, it's revenue <laughs> neutral. We'll just do that one. But uh, no, it, it's silly. The only good thing I did hear in the discussion was talk about buying more of those automated um, speed trailers where they just kind of park them on the side of the road and it says your speed is just as a reminder that you're speeding. Yeah, we've asked for one in our community association because a few yep. community associations have done that. And, you know, it becomes a video game for some people, right? Because it's like, okay, now let's see, you know, if I can match this or that. I think it does help as a deterrent and they use them a lot in, in small communities as a way of slowing people down on the main streets where they've posted that you've got to go down to a speed when you're used to kind of, going through and then all of a sudden whoops you got a transition here so it's yeah, a, a lot of people are so busy you know they're either readjusting their radio on their yeah. phone talking to their spouse they don't even look at their speedometer yeah yeah for sure okay what's another issue what's one of your pet issues that you guys want to bring up today i'll go to you carrie first um sidewalks i uh, gotta say that i would have sure liked to have seen a year after the last election for mayor that uh, there would have been a sidewalk on 23rd street by now there's budgets that was supposed to have been done um and it still isn't and we're we doubled up on 8th street and now there's still no budget for the poor people and i can tell you i'm fairly certain without being a statistician that the poorer the people the more they walk and so i think we could provide at least the basic level, especially those houses are what, 95 years they've been in Saskatoon. I think they've paid for a sidewalk. So for me, you know, it's about following the pennies. Um, and I heard something today at city council about snow removal, that companies that are not contracted by the city 
can still dump their snow in the city uh, snow dumps without charge. Hello? Hang on. Wait a second. How does that work? Okay, we're giving you the land. I mean, can I just, I can't just go dump my garbage somewhere. And I'm not contracted by this. If I could, it'd be great. I mean, even though they're, they're putting that on utility, whole other show, I'll lose my brain on that one later on. But I'm sorry, if you're going to go to a city facility and dump your parking lot snow from pick a mall, there should be a fee. There should be a guy at the gate taking your 10 bucks. It's as simple as that. It'll be interesting to find out some of the rationale on that. So we'll have to follow up with that, Ari, and see what we learn about that. I'll ask Dog with a bone on that one. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's a really good one. Mine was, I was actually at City Council today, uh, representing the Caswell Hill Community Association as a civics coordinator. Um, and the issue has been around something that's been occurring for decades, many, many decades, but it's around noxious and nuisance usage in historic neighborhoods where you've got old industry that's been there for a really long time um, and just the dust and the noise um, and all of the kind of pollutants that come from that. So the city had proposed um, putting together um, a report, yes guys, a report, a study going forward to find a way of what further can we do to help build better neighbor to neighbor relations. So it was just an informational item, but I spoke on behalf of the community association to say we need to do something better than we have because you've got like heavy haul trucks coming in right off of like residential streets. So what do we need to do about that? And in West Industrial, you know, there's concrete businesses and all that sort of stuff. So because there are land swaps that we can do and what other further things. So to nudge the city, because it's been a recommendation there since the early 2000s, guys, um, to finally do something to act on a recommendation that city council had approved to say we're going to do something better than we're doing now. So now this is the next stage in that. So we'll see. So heads up, it's a capital project to create some standards, better standards um, to create good neighbors between industry and that, or try to find other ways of swapping them out and doing a land swap or, or some such thing. So it'll be interesting to see on that one because it is a niggly. So guys, guess what? We're at the end of the show. I got the last word on an issue. Ah, I that masterfully. But I want to just say this. Thanks to the two of you for coming on today. Um, we will have you back sooner than later, by the way, because I wouldn't mind doing a part two even as early as next week, um, just to continue on this, because there is some issues that are going to arise, I think, out of this COVID stuff. And people want to hear from us. They want to hear from local people. So thanks, Carrie Tarasov. Thanks, Ari Avivi, for coming on to Civically Speaking. If you haven't donated to F-Emphasis, anybody who's tuned in, please do so and support Community Radio Live. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Oh, yes. Hey, and one plug, all right. If you give Just a reminder, donation. you donate oh, to uh, Lenore Show, you know, to Civically Speaking, make sure you make a note on the donation. Lenore will pull somebody's name out of the hat and we'll get you two tickets to the Comedy Pit. And that's right. And the Comedy Pit is fun. And in the future, you will have a three-way coming on the stage there with uh, Carrie, Lenore, and Mari together. That, that, we'll do that if people start donating that way. <laughs> Take care, guys. All right. Thanks so much. All right.